0: It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the sports fan, presented by JK Contracting. Ready! Break! Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills.
1: From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan on 970-97.1 FM. Connor Mills, of the mic alongside Joe Medora on this seventh day of July. Six oh six on the clock and eighty-three degrees and thunderstorms outside here in Southeast Ohio. Sportsman presented by J K Contracting and phone lines are open at some 6646 uh, Joey, it's a uh, an interesting Tuesday here as the breaking news yesterday was that the Ohio High School Athletic Association announced the outs of uh, Jerry Snodgrass. Uh, The Ohio High School Athletic Association has announced that executive director has been replaced by an interim leader while the organization searches for a permanent replacement. Board of Directors uh, President Dan Leffingwell said Monday that Jerry Snodgrass had been replaced by interim executive director Bob Goldring. Uh, Director of Communications Tim Streed says that the board of directors felt it imperative to take the leadership of OHSAA in a different direction. Snodgrass served as an executive director since 2018 and spent 12 years with the association. Formerly the OHSAA Senior Director of Operations, Goldring has served with the association for 25 years. Uh, it's kind of surprising news, and it seems like from what I've read on Twitter, from what I've heard from other athletic directors uh, across the state of Ohio, that this news comes as a surprise, as again, Jerry Snodgrass uh, appeared to be forced out of the OHSAA. Uh, as its director, and again, it's shocking. It's something that, uh, you know, during a pandemic, it's hard to see uh, why you'd want new leadership you know, pivoting at this uh, pivotal moment right now
2: in, in, before football even begins. It's a tough topic for me to comment on, really. I don't know. Yeah, I think both of us, we're not under that umbrella, kind of. I mean, we've broadcasted games before. I've never met Jerry. I don't know if you have. I couldn't have picked him out before I read an article about him. Like if I saw, you know, he's just not really a person um, that I am too familiar with. But all the reading I've done, it seems like it came as a shock to everyone. Uh, it seemed like he was a very uh, well liked person. I read in many articles he was kind of a people person more than a uh, a sales type person. He was more about uh, being right there and being around the people rather than all the other things. That to do with it, because a lot of these teams, when it gets down to it, they you know they broadcast games on television, on the radio, stuff like that. People get paid for production. It seemed like I also read that the uh, the attendance at their uh, their playoff games have been down. So I think it's more than just uh, I don't know. I can't. It seems like perhaps at this time, maybe it, there's just OHSAA has OHSAA yes hasn't said really why. It's happened, so all we can do is speculate. Um, I don't know if he, you know, kind of talked to somebody the wrong way, and during this time, maybe he had some kind of opinion on if they should have a season or not, and someone didn't really like the approach that he took, or I, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough to say at this point till the OHSAA really comes out and says why it ended up happening. But I think the general consensus at this moment of people. That he was well-liked, and that's why people are confused, because in the communities and all the high schools around Ohio, he was well-liked. So I think people were confused why you would get rid of a likable guy that's in that spot.
1: Right, and now Snodgrass, of course, when everything was kind of going down, when the virus was affecting uh, everybody, when it was affecting high school sports, I think that a lot of people were disappointed. and might have taken their uh, disappointment out on Snodgrass, especially since... Oh, uh, you can't have fans now in the convo or hey now the whole tournament is canceled. now the spring season's canceled. Yeah, I get why that could be a little bit of a disappointment and you might want to lash out at the guy uh, who you know, orchestrated that. but you know other than that, you know the, the, uh, the song has changed on him since uh, when that happened to now because uh, there's a whole lot of support behind him uh, that as again, people react to Jerry Snodgrass uh, getting pushed out as the executive director of the OHSAA. Uh, it was yesterday, and I saw a break in the news was Jordan Strack. Uh, Jordan Strack is a reporter with WTOL 11, the sports director there uh, for WTOL 11. Uh, but he said yesterday he's out. There's a lot more that he'd like to say but can't uh, couldn't say last night through Twitter. Um, you know, Strack also reports that uh, Snodgrass is universally loved across the state, coaches, administrators, athletes. Um, a lot of people were just caught off guard on this change of leadership within the OHSAA and again it's a big moment right now as a lot of people are trying to figure out well you know football it, I know in in, in Jersey I, I can't remember when it is in Ohio but I got to imagine you know right around the ballpark like August is right around the corner and August is usually August when you, 1 yeah, was always a day August 1 comes around and those fall sports start kicking into gear now we're here sitting here on the 7th of July and you know, now there's an interim uh, executive director at the OHSAA, but now you're pivoting your focus, you're pivoting uh, what direction you were going in, and to me that just had to be it's confusing. You know, why would you push out a guy that everybody liked, everybody respected, to then put in somebody new? And I, I think that this new guy, Goldring, uh, equally has the respect of others, which is important, but still, you know, I don't know what director or what direction Snodgrass was trying to push the OHSAA in, uh, but whatever direction it was, the board of directors uh, did not want to go in that direction. They wanted to, to move in a different way, uh, and this was not uh, an amicable uh, departure here from Snodgrass. From what I've seen is that uh, he was pushed out, he was forced to retire, forced to step down, and that that's that. Uh, but it's disappointing to see from the OHSAA that a guy that has been beloved by a lot of uh, athletic directors across the state and other uh, members of the OHSAA, uh, had to be forced out, especially during
2: a time uh, that we're living in now. Yeah, also, Bob Goldring is the interim commissioner. They have not decided that he will uh, full t- full, uh, be the, uh, the next full-time guy for the position. And in this article, and apparently from what the OH SAA is reporting is that they are having a national search. So, it you know, it seems like at this time they are willing to forego promoting from within if they find somebody outside of uh, the the branch to uh, come in and, and run things. It's interesting. From reading this article, it seems like it seems that the OHSAA wasn't in a great financial position or a trending in the red financial position and then obviously with covid happening they had to take out that two to three million dollar loan they have people having to take pay cuts within i think that covid played a big part possibly to this change and maybe we don't know until someone says something i can only speculate that why this would have happened so suddenly is that snodgrass may have ticked off the wrong person and uh you know Got got the boot. I don't really know, but uh, yep. it seems like they weren't it. They they were not as financially stable as the previous regimens before Snodgrass, and that could have also played into it. Just based on what I've well, read. Again, it's also vague right now.
1: Right. Everything. I'm sure that there's going to be more information coming out either from the OHSAA or for uh, or from other reporters that are out there trying to actually figure out what happened and why Snodgrass was was pushed out. Uh, but. In, in relation to money, you know, almost nobody could have predicted that a pandemic was going to hit at this point, and when you lose the revenue that comes from, you know, the, the winter sports, the uh, spring sports, uh, I, I know back in the NJSIAA over in New Jersey, you know, the top revenue earner is the, the wrestling tournament, because you have thousands of people all going down to Atlantic City and, uh, you know, staying in the hotels, and i uh, buying tickets in admission to this giant uh, wrestling uh, venue and you know they lose Ohio did not have that uh, capability here uh, Ohio uh, did not have their wrestling tournament they did not have uh, the completion of their basketball tournaments and they didn't have anything with baseball so or with softball or for any of the the spring sports for that matter so, of course, I mean, at least for this year, they're going to be struggling, but it's also a difficult position that high school sports across the nation are dealing with right now in uh, the reduced attendance, you know, because it's not like, you know, back in the day where, you know, let's say that the Convocation Center was packed, jam-packed with, uh, what is it, 20 or 13,000 people in there, I, I think is what the, the max attendance somewhere around that ballpark. The thirteen thousands, short of 14. In yeah, that, it's, in that range, it's somewhere in that thirteen thousand uh, people range. Uh, but you know, high school stadiums, unless maybe you're one of the best in the state and you have great community support, and I think you know a lot of you know high schools that we went to did have a lot of great community support. But you know, they're not overflowing. You know,
2: it's not. You're like, not going to fill up the combo with a high school basketball game. No, they can't fill it up with a college basketball game. No, I mean, but still, you lost a lot of that revenue that that you're going to have, and you were
1: already losing the revenue. It was slowly going down because attendance was going down from start to finish.
2: See, there's the point, though. I think what is kind of, and again, just speculation, um, I think what led, possibly led being a contributing factor to the move being made is it seems like since Snodgrass has taken over, their revenues at these big events like playoffs and state championship games and things like that has already been coming down. Maybe not a significant amount to where they were going to have to – maybe Jerry Snodgrass would have bought himself three or four more years, but he would have had to start trending up. And I think what could have possibly played into this was they saw – slowly going to the red, not too badly, but we saw, like, they had to change venues for state, like, they had to move, I believe it was basketball, to Dayton's gym where it used to be at a different location because, obviously, when you don't make as much money, uh, they don't get to just play at these places for free. They got to pay for it. Um, so they got ch- to change locations at Dayton. I'm not sure if I'm 100% correct on all the facts, but I just know they first supposed to play in Dayton, and it's because they had less money right. than before. So I think... Perhaps they took a look at it and said, We're already trending downwards. And we also, we just had to take out a $2 to $3 million loan to stay afloat because of all the COVID stuff. Maybe they took a look at Snogger and said, We can't continue to trend downwards. We got to get perhaps somebody else in here who's more sales minded, who's going to be able to make us the revenue we need to start going back up again from this. Perhaps that is why the move
1: has been made. And again, you can call in and join in on the conversation at 740-592-6646. I'd like to hear what you think about what's happening now with the OHSAA and what uh, this outster of Jerry Steingrass means for the future of Ohio sports. Uh, One of the things that I'm reading over on our our Facebook page, WXTQ Sports, uh, one of the other topics that have come up in, in the discussions on there have been, well, let's say we can't have football in the fall. What if we push it back to the spring, and you know maybe that something that was so you know fixated on all right footballs in the fall, then you have basketball and other sports in the winter, then you have baseball and softball and track and field and everything over in uh, in, in the spring, uh, but maybe it was one of the the decisions that you know, again speculating maybe Snodgrass didn't want to move football to the spring. Maybe he, you know, wanted to keep football in the fall. Maybe you know he had some idea on how to take the direction, and the board of directors said, "Well, we can't do that." And you know, I just can't imagine that something would be
2: so uh, you know, far, so far apart on both sides that yeah. he'd be released. That uh, that's the reason I think money has to play into this. I don't think a guy. First of all, a guy who's well-liked by the entire state – I mean, that's hard to get an entire state to agree to like one person running something, right? I mean, look at our nation when it comes to politics. But um, uh, it's, I just can't imagine a guy that well-liked by the community wouldn't be not well-liked by the guys he works with to a point where someone would be out to get him to say, we got to get this guy out of here. Uh, that's why I I'm leaning more towards it's a it's a money issue rather than because I I don't know I just wouldn't think a guy that well liked would get would get booted out because someone didn't like him, that that's just my opinion. Right, uh, it's again
1: I mean he he was elected to that position back in 2018 the board of directors selected him, uh, but then again if you play the the opposite side now, that's politics, you know if you're in favor two years ago, and now you're out of favor with maybe the same people uh, here in 2020 and in a different situation in 2020. You know, that's board of directors. It's all uh, all politics in, in, in what happens. I mean, you can apply that rule to many aspects of life, but here uh, it's unfortunate because this one does have effects down here at the high school level uh, and the future for
2: high school sports. Yeah, I mean, it just... Yeah, it's interesting. Um, it's I mean, I've seen some things on Twitter. Now, of course, take that with a grain of salt, Twitter comments. But uh, some people think perhaps the governor might have stepped in and made a move here. I don't know. I don't know if they've been in contact. I mean, I would assume since the governor, even on his press conference today, talked about bringing high school sports back, I would assume you have to be in talks with OHSAA and if there's a disagreement with the governor about maybe – I don't know. I don't, you know, they're going to have a lot of restrictions. Maybe there was a battle on, well, maybe we just can't play sports. If there's going to be the restrictions, you need to loosen them up. I don't know. Anything could have happened. We don't know. I mean, I don't know if we're ever going to find out. It seems like some people may have stories ready to write about it, but. I think that they're going
1: to be more, or there is going to be more information released. uh, Again, whether that's coming from the top at the OHSAA or if a reporter is going to, to dig up some information about it. And release it to the public. Uh, but it's just a very unusual situation right now. Because, again, you, you need some leadership at the top for the OHSAA. Someone who can guide the ship through this pandemic. And make sure that you know high school sports stay afloat. Uh, today, tomorrow, the next day, the next week. You know, and, and into the future. Um, and, and by removing the leadership right now. Unless you know Snodgrass was... You know, captaining a uh, sinking ship, unless he already hit the the iceberg, uh, you know, there's still some time to avoid the iceberg right now. There, there's still some time uh, that that you know adjustments could have been made. And again, we don't know all the information of why Jerry Snodgrass was released. Uh, but if you do want to call in, share any uh, information you got. 740-592-6646. five nine two six six four six. We'll take a short break here on the Sportsman. Or on the other side, take a look at the other news. Uh, happen around here in southeast Ohio on the sports landscape. Plus, Athens has their opponent changed tomorrow, so it'll be a new different uh, different team that Athens will face off against and still at the same time 6.30. Uh, but we'll take a timeout. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Sports Fan on 970 97.1 FM, WATH.
0: From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. At McDonald's, our scratch-made biscuits rise before you do. So while you were dreaming, we were measuring. While you were snoring, we were mixing. And when you were, we were. In McDonald's kitchens, good mornings start with good ingredients. And the key to our biscuits are the folks who bake them every morning. Enjoy our scratch-made biscuits on the bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit for only 2 bucks. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Scratch-made biscuits are available in most restaurants in the listening area. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Great news. Any size ice-cold and refreshing soft drinks are still just $1 at McDonald's every day. That's the news. Now the weather. Soft drink lovers at McDonald's report enjoying ice-cold deliciousness. Also reported, chance of refreshment? 100%. Get any size soft drink for just a dollar only at McDonald's. A la carte only, limited time offer at participating McDonald's cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Mm-hmm. In today's world, the last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of repair, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair is here to help. Athens Electronic Repair services all brands of electronics, cell phones, tablets, game systems, and more. Plus, during the health crisis, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair offers home pickup and delivery and a contact-free drop-off kiosk outside the store. Don't work from home with a busted computer? Call Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair at 740-590-1677 or visit the shop at 386 Richland Avenue, Athens. If you see news happening, call 740-205-8615. That's 740-205-8615. It could win you $50 in gift certificates from Air Clause, the Athens Area Chamber of Commerce, and the station that's first with news in Southeast Ohio, 970-WATH. Live and local. The Sports Fan On 970
1: WATH. It's a sports fan right here 970 Uh, WATH. 88 uh, degrees and still uh, thunderstorming outside here in southeast Ohio. uh, Mills, the mic along with Joey Madure. We got you up until 7 o'clock today. Uh, Sports fan presented by j k Contracting. And again, phone lines are open at 740-592-6646. Uh, The game tomorrow will lead off with the we'll talk a little bit about baseball now and with the Athens attack uh, again their upcoming schedule they've got a baseball game tomorrow Uh, senior ceremony type events happening around 6 o'clock 610 and then uh, they'll have a ball game at 630 then on Friday they've got a couple games uh, in the Chillicothe tournament Saturday they've got two games and then one guaranteed game on Sunday to wrap out their season. Uh, And tomorrow, uh, it's not going to be Parkersburg anymore. Parkersburg had a couple issues with a couple players on the roster, I guess either vacation or what have you. Uh, But Parkersburg is no longer the opponent. Instead, it'll be the, I guess, a rematch against Alexander. Uh, One of those games against Alexander earlier on in the season was rained out. Uh, So now they, they kind of reschedule that game. They do play two games. And you get a little bit of a rivalry and what would be kind of a senior night Atmosphere, I'd have to guess, because Athens Alexander 2 Athens County
2: teams, uh, and, and I, they get to uh, you know play baseball. So, yeah, no, that's a nice little uh, fill in to get right there for sure. Um, of course, they had the game rained out, and I didn't even know. It's breaking news to me. Yeah, I, 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 I heard from. Come. Are they still uh, playing at Reno? Yeah, it, it's going to be Reno Field tomorrow, uh, over in Athens
1: but again you know the senior ceremony stuff and then Athens Alexander I think Trevor told me sometime last night or either early this morning uh, I, f- I forget when I got the message from him uh we're waiting for it to be confirmed but that was what uh Andrew told Trevor and then Trevor told me so that's your chain of command right there
2: yeah well good to know i mean they look they look good against Alexander first time they played 11 to 4 victory swung the bats pretty well in that game i'm trying to remember who pitched was that the game Gen- that's game gender came in right pitched 6 innings
1: because uh, uh, they had the rough
2: first inning, he gave up uh, three yeah. runs, and then yeah, that was the
1: gender pitching. And they scored and, and four in the bottom nice, of the first. Yep, he did a nice job pitching in that game too. I mean, whenever you close
2: out the game like that, yeah, it uh, it's the last six innings, only you yep. have one run. Athens won on the win, eleven to four. But yeah, that's cool. I mean, Parkersburg game some troubles uh, the first time around, so right. Uh, so again, it'll be uh, either.
1: Uh, so, the Parkersburg, I think Parkersburg is not going to happen tomorrow. It's going to be Alexander tomorrow. They still get to play their game. And then uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, two games on Friday, two games on Saturday, and then the one game on Sunday. Uh, the broadcast schedule, we will have only one game per uh, per day. it will be one game on Friday, one game on Saturday. And then, of course, the, the final game on Sunday. Uh, we'll probably have Troy on probably tomorrow. Hopefully, we'll have him on. We'll do a three-man booth uh, a little bit. Uh, this Troy can talk about the kids a lot more in depth. Um, so we'll try to have him on, uh, for tomorrow's broadcast. If he has the time, you know, he's a busy guy. He hasn't been here in a while. Uh, but it's good to, yeah, he takes a break from the sports fan. He's able, he's been doing this for what, five, six years in a row. Um, uh, but it, it will be good to have, a uh, have Troy back. We'll try to get him on. And, uh, but yeah, Athens baseball, that's kind of what the broadcast schedule looks like. We'll give specific times at a later date, uh, What we're still waiting on is the specific times, or I guess the schedule is out. Uh, But the schedule is out. It's been made for the Cincinnati Reds and across uh, all teams in Major League Baseball. And the Reds will be opening up against the Tigers. Um, They'll have the Tigers, the Cubs, uh, Tigers again. I won't go through the whole uh, list and lineup of the the full schedule there for the Cincinnati Reds. However, it's a, uh, you know, it's a schedule. It's something that has put together, and ap- uh, you know, we will hear Cincinnati Reds baseball on the airwaves yet again. Uh, and again, that first game will be against uh, the, the Tigers. Uh, but we do have Michael Roth calling back into the Sports Fan. Roth, we heard you yesterday. Welcome back. How are you? Oh, well, I'm I'm fantastic, Connor. Uh, I gotta imagine that you know, you've got some kind of insight. You have that high school beat down. Uh, what have you heard about the ouster of Jerry Snodgrass?
3: Uh, pre- pretty much uniform um, displeasure with uh, the OHSA's decision um, to, to remove Jerry Snodgrass from his position. Um, I, I can't even count how many, uh, whether they're reporters, uh, scouts, high school coaches, athletic directors, I saw making statements on Twitter yesterday uh, showing their support for uh, everything that Jerry, uh, Jerry has done for, uh, for them while he was working for HSA.
1: Yeah, I heard a story. I forget what what uh, Twitter person put it out there. I think it was the WL or WTOL reporter, uh, Jordan Strack, uh, put it out there. But an assistant or an athletic director, first day on the job, Apparently Jerry called him and, and wished him luck and said he was there uh, and this wasn't like a big school you know it was a small school but he still reached out made it personal and made it feel like uh, they mattered so it seems like there's a lot of positive responses uh, to Snodgrass in his time at the OHSAA uh, but this is just a shocking move especially during these times uh, that they're going to change leadership and they're going to force uh, force out Snodgrass in favor for putting in the interim uh, gold ring
3: yeah I mean it uh it, it raises questions uh even more than uh than what we had two days ago about the future of high school sports um in Ohio.
1: Now yeah you know, we've shifted gears to baseball now, right because uh we did get the schedules out and we are an affiliate of the Cincinnati Reds, and a lot of these matchups well it's kind of uh, within <laughs> this area. Uh, you know, It's the Tigers, the Cubs, the Indians, the Brewers, the Royals, Pirates, uh, and the only other team, Twins and White Sox, are the, the two teams I uh, didn't really mention at the beginning there. But still, uh, you know, it seems like you know, the 60-game season is trending towards happening and getting the schedule is the next step forward in you know, putting together a, a season. Yeah, it's
3: going to be exciting because you kind of got a. Three different ten-team leagues uh, instead of looking at it as one big thirty-team league, you gotta uh, you got three three mini leagues this year that are uh, they're, they're all gonna be playing their own uh, in, in their own separate league and uh, not not intercrossing with each other until the playoffs.
1: Now, I haven't been able to find what those leagues are. Are they just drawing lines across the United States, north and south, and being this is your region and doing it because I haven't seen. I see now with the schedule who plays who, but I haven't seen anything official where it says, all right, uh, the Cubs are in this division, or the Reds are with the Tigers in this division. Uh, Have you seen a divisional alignment yet from Major League Baseball, or the schedules and who they play is just what the presumed division would be?
3: Well, all the, the divisions are remaining the same, but, like, the AL East plays the NL East, and then the AL Central plays the NL Central. So they're, they're, they're kind of like two, two divisions combined into one league. So, like, the Indians are only going to be playing teams, or the Reds are only going to be playing teams from the NL Central and the AL Central. They won't play any team from the AL West, the NL West, the AL East, or the NL East. So um, instead of, like, the five-team divisions, which will be what determines the playoffs, um, you've got sort of the 10-team league. So uh, like the Indians or the Reds don't get any games against teams like the Dodgers or the Nationals or the Braves, teams like that. So it, it, it'll be interesting to, uh, to see uh, how uh, the added interleague games uh, change up uh, the standings because the, the Reds are going to be facing a lot of AL Central teams, which outside of the Indians, the Reds don't see uh, those AL Central teams very often.
2: I think that kind of favors the Reds, honestly. Of course, there was a lot of uh, excitement going into this season because I just think the NL Central is so up in the air. You know the Pirates are going to stink. Uh, we're kind of waiting to see what the Cubs are without without Madden as a manager. The, and then you got the Cardinals and Brewers who are always kind of hovering around. Brewers, of course, made the playoffs last year, lost in the wild card round. And you can never count out the Cardinals, but... The talent the Reds brought in, it seems like that they could potentially have a chance to take this division. And now you look at they're just going to play the AL Central. And I know, Michael, I'm not going to push any buttons because you're an Indians fan, mm-hmm. but not the strongest of divisions these days. I mean, outside the Indians, maybe the Twins. They got hot last year, but, I, you know, don't don't really have the pitching. They never had a chance in that series against New York. And then, of course, you have the Royals and Tigers who are just woof. I mean, they had two of the top four Picks in the dra- in this past year's draft, so I just think it it does favor the Reds to perhaps uh, break their kind of their postseason duck they've had here the past few seasons.
3: Uh, no doubt, um, actually, if you look at a uh, uh, strength of schedule from uh, from last season, uh, five of the six easiest schedules are in that sort of uh, central bubble. Um, you've got the Twins schedule. In all of Major League Baseball, the Indians have the second easiest, White Sox third, and uh, then you have the Cardinals, Dodgers, and the Reds actually have the sixth easiest schedule uh, under the new uh, new schedule. The, the Reds' original schedule was actually uh, projected to be tougher than average. Um, they were going to be around the 18th uh, easiest schedule, but now with, uh, with the new divisions that they're only playing NL Central and AL Central teams, uh, the Reds now have the sixth easiest schedule. In all of baseball, so that's uh, it, it. Would seem like the divisional pairings getting uh, getting those games against the Tigers, the Royals, and uh, probably the White Sox are, are going to help those NL Central teams. Maybe uh, in the wild card chase for the National League, which is something that I think Red Red should uh, should be looking forward to.
2: Yeah, and just looking at baseball as a whole, honestly, this is kind of I want to leave this up to for discussion between the three of us. Do we think it's as formulaic as uh, some people seem to think? Because, I mean, if you look at it right now, I don't really know how this pandemic is going to affect everything. I think the Dodgers were a lock to go to the World Series either way, and I think it was either going to be the Astros or the Yankees coming out of the AL. Do you guys think there's going to be any surprise teams? Because to me, like, I just don't really see anyone beating the Dodgers in the NL. The Dodgers are so stacked. They added Mookie Betts on a team that's already been to the World Series a couple times in the past couple years. The Yankees got better. They got Garrett Cole pitching was their issue. They added one of the best pitchers in the league, and they still have mashers up and down the lineup. And the Astros, I mean, we all know, of course, everybody knows what happened with the cheating and all that, but they're still one of the most talented teams in baseball. I just don't personally see this... uh, I think it's very easily... I think it could be very easy to predict what's going to happen throughout this baseball season. Yeah, I mean, um,
3: it it is very fair to say that um, the uh, teams like uh, the, the Dodgers, uh, Astros, and Yankees that have kind of separated themselves. Uh, y- y- you look at the lines uh, right now, the Dodgers are, are plus 140 to win the National League. Uh, y- you don't see many baseball teams preseason under that, uh, that sort of plus 200 mark. That, that would indicate that the Dodgers are pr- projected to make it to the World Series um, uh, around 40% of the time, which uh, is a really high number. And then you, you go to the AL. The, the Yankees are at plus one hundred and fifty, and Houston is at plus four hundred. Um, so yeah, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head. That those three teams seem like they uh, they've separated themselves from uh, from the rest of baseball. Uh, the next closest odds to win uh, uh the league in, in, in either uh, league are uh, the, the Braves yeah, and that, the Nationals that makes sense. plus eight
2: hundred. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's just yeah, I. I'm, I'm locking in a, a Yankees-Astros ALCS, in my opinion. Now, the NL is interesting. I don't know who that second team will be. Is this finally the year for the Braves? they got a young up-and-coming squad. I know Connor's probably fuming over well, here no, I mean, saying the, how good this, the Braves could be.
1: The Braves, I think there's a lot of good teams in the NL East right now because you have the Mets, you have, uh, of course, the defending World Series champions, the Washington Nationals. You have the Phillies, who spent a lot of money trying to get better. Uh, so you have the Phillies who are still on the cusp of being good, being uh, average. Uh, I'm not going to put the Marlins in there yet because the Marlins they have a lot of rebuilding to do and they're still down at the bottom. But I think there are four quality teams in the NL East. And if it was just with the NL East, and of course I mean you got the, I got Paul Holden uh, with his Colorado Rockies, the Rockies hat. Yeah, we got. <laughs> I don't. The Rockies might turn around and, and have something nice. I don't know uh, what they've got with the Arenado and stuff, but. Uh, you know, with the NL East though, you have the Mets, you have the Nationals, you have the Braves, you have the Phillies, and any one of those four teams, if they get hot, I see them maybe being that second team coming out, uh, or maybe the first team. I don't know. I mean, they could be they could be uh, right behind the Dodgers, but I'm taking a look at the postseason format, and it's going to be the same since it was since 2012, right? We're not talking about an extended. Uh, postseason yet with with, uh, MLB, you got the five playoff teams uh, from each league, three division winners, two wildcard winners, right? Uh, So if there's going to be, there's going to be some spots there. There's going to be five teams in in each league and you'll have the Dodgers making into the postseason. You'll have uh, I'm going to guess, let's say the Braves win the NL East. I think the Braves come out of the East. And then from the Central, I'll go with the Reds because uh, I, I think the Reds were projected to win, and I still will go with that prediction that the Reds will make it into the postseason there. Uh, so those are your three division winners from the National League. And then with the wild card, you know I think the Mets are on the cusp of being a wild card team. I think uh, if the Braves go, it's probably going to be either the Nationals or they're at least going to have one, right? I think out of there's going to be two NL East teams that come out. I don't know about the Central, though. Do you think the Central... Uh, if there's a chance for somebody in the center, you think the
2: Cardinals are, are going to be C- the Cubs still have a lot of Cubs. talent. They just, I mean, I don't. I'm, I'm not trying to say that I think the Reds are going to walk into a division title here. They're no, still, I'm, gonna, I'm not saying they're going to walk. Still have a lot of talent, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, we just don't know. I mean, I think Joe Madden is, does make that big of a difference as a manager. I think he's one of the best in baseball. Okay, but
1: still, yeah, I, I, I don't know who comes out of. Uh, Again, do you think in a sixty-game season you're going to have where? Where does the two extra teams come from, right? Who do you think gets a wild card
2: spot? I'll let
3: Mike uh, go ahead maybe?
2: on that one.
3: Yeah. Um. Uh, well, I I think it's tough to uh to solidify a division winner in the NL outside of uh of the Dodgers. You you know you, you look at the central, It'll it'll probably be a three-horse race between the Cubs, Cardinals, and uh, and Reds. I think it's likely w- one of those three. Our division winner and, and another one is a wild card team, and, and then in the East, it, it's going to be between. You, you got four teams that are, are all projected to win thirty-one and a half or more games, so uh, all four of them projected over five hundred. So uh, everybody but Miami should be uh, competing for a wild card spot.
2: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I just think it's too hard to predict who could be the number two. I think you're waiting for the Dodgers, and the Dodgers crush whoever it is. Personally, I just think they're they're just way too talented. It's like it's kind of like a Man City situation over in, in England right now. They're just they're just levels above everybody else. It's not even funny. Now, looking over the AL, I mean, I know I said it's probably Astros, Yankees, but uh, it's it's interesting to try to figure out who these other teams are going to emerge, right? Because, uh, you know, we don't know what Boston's going to be. I mean, they always seem to figure things out. I mean, but they did lose one of their best players. Tampa Bay always finds a way to... D- with very quietly be one of the best teams in baseball, yep. And then you look in the other divisions. Indians. We don't know if the Twins can repeat what they did last year. I think the Indians are favored in that division. And then looking, uh, what what, what division am I missing? I'm thinking the West. The West got a wild card one right now. Like I'm, I'm, gonna be honest. Outside of the Astros, I put because like, the Angels have Joe Madden now and had one of the best. I'm gonna actually, it's best baseball there's, player I've ever seen, and I know it's gonna take a lot of old people off. But Mike Trout's well, Every each, statistic says he's the greatest ever, but anyway.
1: Each generation, you know, has their you know best that they've ever seen. You know, a lot of people say. All right, don't steer it till. who's who's a good conversation? keep on, anyway, keep on going. The radio.
2: AL is wide open outside of like the top. I don't know who else is going to come out of it. It's going to be
1: uh, interesting to see who comes out on top, especially again. It's a sixty-game season. Now, the other interesting aspect to this year is that a lot of traditional people, right, do not like the designated hitter in the National League. And for some reason, the the DH has been implemented here in 2020 and has been implemented in 2021. Uh, But I think the DH is definitely going to affect, you know, how the National League operates. Because no longer are you going to have... You know a uh, a Bartolo Colon coming to the plate. Where yes, it, it might be interesting to watch him hit. It was always fun to watch him hit, um, but you're not going to see that now. Now you have yeah. I have somebody. a lot of
2: fun watching guys at bat 800, uh, .08 throughout the season. Uh, you can't tell I, me I that. A, day. I have a blast. Yeah, you I'm, can't sure tell Mike, me that I'm sure Mike. I'm sure Mike agrees. That's way more interesting to watch than having an actual another hitter in the box.
1: I would listen. The crowd went crazy when Bartolo Colon hit a home run. How can you not be entertained by that? Every single time The one time it happened, and how many at bats he had in his career? Yeah, but that made it even more special. You send out nine guys out onto the field; those nine guys bat. Jeez, I don't know. What, all right, so Roth, what do you think this DH is going to do now? Right? How do you think that affects the National League? Uh, you, you know, it's
3: going um, it, to it's going to benefit teams that uh, that kind of have uh, almost too many hitters or a defensive liability um uh, on the roster uh, in the NL because they they're, they're going to be able to play that uh, position player who usually would be forced to play in the field he'll he'll be able to bat instead of the pitcher uh t- teams with good hitting uh, pitchers are, are going to be a, a little bit of a disadvantage you probably see less bunts uh the bunts has kind of been uh slowly going away in the American League uh, so you probably get even less of those Next season
1: uh, in the National League with no uh, no pitchers batting. Yeah, um, it, it's definitely going to change you know the whole you know National League aspect, and you, know, you can almost drop the NL and night now and just have MLB. We're getting that way. Oh, is that does that upset you? A little bit. I mean, this I'm a National League guy. I like to see you know the Reds have nine players. They send nine players to the the plate. You know, instead of the designated hitter, and then, you know, uh, I I kind of agree with. And one of the controversial changes that was going to take place, and I guess now we will see what happens when they implement it, was that the relievers had to pitch to three batters or till the end of the inning. Uh, but with that change, uh, I I, I don't know. I kind of like that change. Instead of just bringing on one guy and then that one guy. Oh faces my one goodness
2: guy. gracious! Your baseball opinions. What? I want to see how that changes the game. It, but I don't because the whole chess match of the lefty specialist is essentially not a thing anymore unless you're batting three straight lefties. But I imagine managers are going to adjust and realize, okay, well, when we get into the later innings, we can't have three straight lefties batting because they're going to bring their lefty in and that will be tougher. I, it just takes away so much. And to, it, to speed up the pace of play, I hate these rules that baseball makes that they think younger fans are going to care about a bullpen change in the seventh inning. If you like baseball, it doesn't matter how many pitchers you change out later on in the ball game?
1: Yeah. I don't know. This, something changed from when you had an hour 30 game, a two hour game and pushed it up to three hours, right? Now this, I will enjoy baseball and I, I don't want to see, you know, just a random runner on base on second base. If we get into extra innings that I don't want to see, you know, that guy, I want that game to finish, not in a tie, I want to see who wins. You know, I, I want to see that 21 inning game, and I'll stay up for that because every moment is going to be exciting. That's what I'd, I'd rather see that except for a guy on second base, and then you know, now the pitcher is in danger of letting up a run, even though that run is not even his fault. Yeah, you he know, just got the random guy out there. Uh, but, you know, I again, maybe it was just the length of commercials that baseball changed. Maybe you cut down on those commercials, which cuts down on the game. Because I don't think the pace of play has changed. I think all the extra things outside of baseball has made that change. But, of course, you're not going to get them to cut down commercials because it's a source of revenue. Either way, Roth, what do you think?
3: Yeah, you you know, I'm uh, going to be taking Joey's (laughs) time. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, I'm not a fan of, you know, um, of... uh, I I, I I think that's kind of kind of doom. Like you you put a relief pitcher in, maybe you put a lefty to go up against the lefty, and get better out, and then you know maybe you keep him in for another couple batters. But sometimes you know, you just gotta take him out after he does his job with one batter. So uh, yeah, um, I uh, I don't do love that. that rule. Yeah, uh, I I understand why they do it. But, you know, uh, uh, I, I don't think it's gonna make much of a difference. Uh, in terms of pace of play, it, what, what is it gonna is it gonna save like two minutes every uh, every like four games? So what? That's an average of like thirty seconds a game. It's gonna be quicker. I, there, I don't think that's gonna change me from whether I watch the game or not.
1: There is still a chance that you can have your lefty only specialist. You just need to have two outs.
2: But well,
1: well, you yeah, have yeah, the guy in front I of his face. I left you two... with runners on first and second with nobody out.
2: Exactly. Well, this—if you start, if you start the inning, do you have to face three? Yes. Is that what it? You have to face three batters before you're taken out.
1: It's not just the new guy that comes in has to face three. It's—it's if the starter, let's say you started right, you're the start of the ball game. You're in the sixth inning, and no, it doesn't affect starters. Pitchers, no, no. No, No, no. yeah, You've already
3: faced like 15 batters. Yes. Yeah. Just
2: but when you come in, you have to face three batters. And like if if you come in, we finish an inning. Right. It's like we're acting like. Manager, like there's there's stats that go into when you put a guy in. There's matchups. There's a reason he if a guy's 0 for 8 against a batter in the box. It's why you put him in to get him out because that's what he's good at doing. It's almost like Manfred, when we make this rule, is thinking like, well, these managers just throwing guys out there for the heck of it. I mean, what there's nothing goes into this. They just want to get a new guy on the mound and delay the game by two more minutes. No. Well, obviously there is strategy. Exactly, and that takes away from it. I mean, that's also the the commissioner who said.
1: What about the World Series trophy? I believe he called it a piece of tin. A piece of tin. It's a, it means a lot more than, uh, than a piece of tin to a lot of those players that earned it. But, anyway, there's a lot of, lot of issues that baseball has to come through. Uh, regardless, hopefully, maybe for the benefit of you guys, maybe this change is just for this season. It's only 60 games, and then the postseason, and then hopefully it goes back to normal by the end of next year. Uh, but we'll see. We'll we'll see what those changes are and and how they happen. Um, But, again, baseball releasing their schedule yesterday as we went on the airwaves yesterday. Uh, We're now just going over it now. Uh, Reds, N-L-A-L, it doesn't matter. Any team in the Central, Reds will play them this year. And that's all coming up on the 23rd. And, of course, to stay tuned to WATH and uh, our sister station, WXTQ, for more details about those Reds broadcasts as they uh, become available to us because we're still waiting for that information as well. Uh, but good news is baseball is back. Baseball uh, is slowly coming along, um, but still a lot of things that, that have to be ironed out before they actually hit the field. Anyway, I really appreciate Michael Roth calling into the sports fan and uh, providing us insight not only on the OHSAA, but you know, talk a little baseball with Michael Roth, back-to-back days. So, Roth, appreciate it. Thanks for joining, and uh, we'll, we'll have to catch you next time. Yes, Connor. Thanks. Uh, thanks again for having me. Anytime. Again, that's Michael Roth, the sports director over at uh, WOUB. And, of course, he's got his ear to the ground, high school sports, regardless, whatever it is, especially high school basketball. It's uh, right up Roth's alley. we got to take another break here on the Sports Fan and then wrap up the show momentarily. You're listening to the Sports Fan at 970-97.1 FM.
0: Looking to make your yard a personal oasis? Columbia Gas reminds you to call 811 at least two days before beginning any digging project to have your utility lines marked. Call 811. It's free, it's easy, it's the law. Just another ground rule from Columbia Gas. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin, so you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Tavolino has the true taste to your grandmother's old-water Italian cooking in every dish they prepare. Come in Monday through Wednesday from 6.30 a.m. to 2.00 p.m. Try to breakfast with a double shot latte for only $2.75. You're not in for breakfast? Come in for the $7 lunch special. You won't regret it. Tavolino even accommodates all food allergies and has vegan and gluten-free options. Taste buzz no? Now take them for what they really want. Take them to Tavolino. Like Tavolino on Facebook for the hours and specials. Now that's a spicy meatball. Join us each week for Autosmarts. You'll never know who will show up. Jay Leno, welcome to Autosmarts. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Don
1: Garlitz, thanks for everything. Thank you so much. Bill Engvall. And Bill, how are you today, sir? I'm doing just great. The
0: one and only Carl Edwards joins us today. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing really good, and uh, thank you for having me on. This is cool. So come on. Join in the fun. That's Autosmarts Friday afternoons at 106 on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. You're listening to 970-WATH and the Sports Fan.
1: It's a sports fan right here on 970-WATH. Mills and Mike alongside Joel Medore. And we got you for about six more minutes until CBS at the top of the hour. Uh, we got another sports fan on Thursday, but uh, Athens Baseball tomorrow, Athens Baseball Friday, and then wrap up Athens Attack on Sunday and then it'll be all sports fans until we have Reds baseball, uh, hopefully in the near future. Uh, But for baseball, they're making a plan. They're trying to come back. Uh, The one thing that uh, could be interesting to see is if Major League Baseball will have a 400-hitter or how many home runs will people hit in a 60-game season. Uh, Cody Bellinger was well on his way to the NL MVP award with 20 home runs in the first 60 games for the Los Angeles Dodgers last season. Justin Verlander's nine wins for the AL champion Houston Astros matched the most in two decades for an eventual Cy Young winner in his team's first 60 games. After 60 games this year, the regular season will be over. The schedule is 102 games, shorter than usual because of the coronavirus pandemic. Hall of Fame players Tony Gwynn and Chipper Jones could have been 400 hitters in 60-game season. So that kind of poses the question here, Joey. uh, Will we have a
2: 400-hitter in Major League Baseball this season with just 60 games? I don't think so, personally. uh, I think the pitchers will be at an advantage uh, in this comeback because, I mean, we say the same about high school baseball all the time. Uh, There's nothing like getting... Uh, uh, at-bats on live pitching. Uh, spring training was taken away from the players to do that. Uh, obviously, they can try to replicate it at home, but I doubt very many of them have live arms throwing to them. That match a major league-level pitcher. So I really do think uh, the pitchers will be at an advantage early on in this thing and batting 400 I mean, through two months of play if you break it down 60 games. Not very common. Uh, it's not very common that many guys are still over 400 after two whole months of playing. Sometimes you see that after the first month. Uh, in 30 games, or uh, you know, they'll have a couple of days off, like 25 games. But it, it's, I don't think you're going to see a guy stay that hot throughout the entire uh, throughout the entire season. I wouldn't be shocked if uh, the it takes a while for a lot of the guys to really get going. And I mean, they don't really have much time to slump if you think about it. I mean, some guys come out of the uh, – if on a regular season come out of April and they're batting b- below the Mendoza line, and then they finally start going and end up hitting like 240. Towards the end of the season, 250, they get they start going a little bit, but I right. don't, you don't really have time to do that. Uh, you kind of have to be ready right away, and I think you're going to see a lot of uh, low averages by the end of this season. So you you don't even think?
1: What, do you think you're going to see a lot of batters around 300? Do you think you know, we're going to have a re, uh, a lot of batters bat around 250? You know, where no, where do you I, think? I can't
2: give you an exact average. I think guys like Trout will be fine. Will come in. So and like the people the who 300s. normally hit are yeah. going
1: to hit. And people who normally slump are probably going to slump. And maybe their average rounds, you know, 240 with power might be around 210
2: with half the home runs that they've hit. Yeah, I'm not sure if Chris Davis would have had a hit in 60 games last season. So you <laughs> could have guys like that, too. Yeah. I mean, who knows? How long was that streak? Uh, it was a lot of games that he went without getting a hit. Yeah. I think he broke it in like mid-April last year or something, but it was, it was and, pretty uh, good to watch. Uh, how, mu- how much was he paid? Uh, <laughs> enough.
1: <laughs> just well, I mean, listen, enough he, for him. Yeah, he was a good. Uh, he was a good player for a little bit of time. He earned the money at the time, of course,
2: um, but then uh, he fell off. He just fell off that cliff. I paid Chris Davis and not Nelson Cruz, and Nelson Cruz still hits three hundred and thirty homers and one hundred RBIs every year since he's left. So, yeah, but I don't really a, give us a pass on that one. He had a, a PED thing, didn't he? That was before he even came to the Orioles. Really? So he's on the. Where, where is he now? He's with the Twins now. That's right. Yeah. He went to Seattle. Now he's with Minnesota.
1: Yep. Yep. But anyway, a uh, couple exhibition games coming up for professional baseball: uh, Mets, Yankees, Phillies, July 18th through the 20th, as they try to gear up and get ready for a season. So maybe they can get you know the early season jitters out. Uh, at that that point, of course, it's not a full spring training. You're not going through the whole, uh, again, rigorous schedule that that is, uh, day in and day out, the split squads, the, the everything else. Uh, but, you know, Yankees schedule like preseason exhibition games uh, against town rivals the Mets and Philadelphia Phillies. Yankees-Mets will play at City Fields on Friday, July 18th, then at Yankee Stadium the following night. Phillies come to the Bronx and play the Bombers on July 20th. All three games will air locally on the S-Network. Of course, it's not local here, uh, but, you know, it's baseball, uh, baseball exhibition games, and from what I've seen, uh, that would be the only uh, exhibition games that have come across the AP Wire uh, that I've uh, I've heard, that I've seen. Uh, Dodgers-Giants will play later that night, and the rest of the league will open the next day. Uh, That will be on the 23rd. So it will be Washington Nationals and the Yankees day one, Dodgers-Giants day one, and then everybody else happening on day number two. That about brings the Sportsman to a close here on this Tuesday. Our next Sportsman will come up on Thursday, and uh, we've got a, a big guest coming on, of course, with David Saltzman. We'll have Gary Harshman. Uh, Harshman dealing with MMA and boxing. So that should be an exciting, exciting Thursday. Thanks to tuning in to Sportsman presented by JNK Contracting for Joey Medora and Michael Roth. I'm Connor Mills signing off, and
0: we'll talk to you tomorrow. In our 70th year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM.